Deuteronomy 12 concerns God's sovereignty over his worship and the destruction of all the monuments to idolatry. Hear now the reading of the word of Almighty God, inspired by his spirit and profitable for us. Deuteronomy 12, starting at verse 1. These are the statutes and judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land which the Lord, God of thy fathers, giveth thee to possess it all the days that ye live upon the earth. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess served their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. And ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and heave offerings of your hand, and your vows, and your freewill offerings, and the firstlings of your herds, and of your flocks. And there ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto, ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Ye shall not do after all the things that we do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. For ye are not yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth you. But when ye go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about, so that ye dwell in safety, then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. Thither shall ye bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the heave offering of your hand, and all your choice vows which ye vow unto the Lord. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God, ye and your sons and your daughters, and your men servants and your maid servants and the Levite that is within your gates, forasmuch as he hath no part nor inheritance with you. Take heed to thyself, that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest, but in the place which the Lord shall choose in one of thy tribes. There thou shalt offer thy burnt offering, and there thou shalt do all that I command thee. Notwithstanding, thou mayest kill and eat flesh in all thy gates, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee, the unclean and the clean may eat thereof, as of the roebuck and as of the heart. Only ye shall not eat the blood, ye shall pour it upon the earth as water. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn, or of thy wine, or of thy oil, or the firstlings of thy herds, or of thy flock, nor any of thy vows which thou vowest nor thy free will offering or heave offering of thine hand. But thou must eat them 
before the Lord thy God and the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, thou and thy son and thy daughter and thy manservant and thy maidservant and the Levite that is within thy gates, and thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou puttest thine hands unto. Take heed to thyself that thou forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth. When the Lord thy God shall enlarge thy border, as he hath promised thee, and thou shalt say, I will eat flesh, because thy soul longeth to eat flesh, thou mayest eat flesh, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. If the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to put his name there be too far from thee, then thou shalt kill of thy herd and of thy flock, which the Lord hath given thee, as I have commanded thee, and thou shalt eat in thy gates whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. Even as the roebuck and the heart is eaten, so thou shalt eat them. The unclean and the clean shall eat of them alike. Only be sure that thou eat not the blood, for the blood is the life, and thou mayest not eat the life with the flesh. Thou shalt not eat it. Thou shalt pour it upon the earth as water. Thou shalt not eat it, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, when thou shalt do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. Only thy holy things which thou hast and thy vows thou shalt take and go unto the place which the Lord shall choose. And thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, upon the altar of the Lord thy God, and the blood of thy sacrifices shall be poured out upon the altar of the Lord thy God, and thou shalt eat the flesh. Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever. When thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God, when the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them and dwellest in their land. Take heed to thyself, that thou be not snared by following them. After that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters have they burnt in the fire to their gods. What thing soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Thus far the reading of the word of Almighty God from Deuteronomy 12. May the Lord bless us in the reading and hearing of it, and now in the consideration of it. Verses 1 through 14, the Lord gives us the laws of divine worship, both on the negative side, what are you to do to destroy the false worship, and then on the positive side, what are you to do within my worship? So this chapter concerns the worship of God. He says in verse 2, "Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations serve their gods. Now this is a very interesting word. In the book of Revelation, there is someone called Abaddon, and he is a destroyer. This is the Hebrew verb, Avadon. Destroying, ye shall destroy, in other words. You will damn, you will condemn, you will destroy and overthrow 
every place where they worshipped their gods, it's very strong language, their houses of worship, upon every high mountain, he says, well, the beautiful trees, the scenery would be unbeatable, wouldn't it? All the way up there, out in nature. And God says what? Destroy it. Do not engage in their manners of worship. Do not be one with nature and have good intentions and be out there all by yourself. God says, no, you shall not do that. Now, it's interesting at the end of chapter 11, you remember God reminded us that he's going to give us to observe all of his statutes and judgments, right? Now, chapter 12, he picks up. What is the first thing God mentions about his statutes and his judgments? Well, it's worship. Both negatively, don't worship like that, and positively, yes, worship like this. God takes very seriously his own worship. And when we think about obeying God, what should we think of first of all? Worship. We should think about worship, why we ought not to worship like the heathens, and why we ought to worship as God commands us. Verse 3, overthrow their altars, break their pillars, burn their groves with fire, and ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them out of that place. Now let me ask you a question. Is that how the Christian church has behaved throughout the ages? No. Sadly, what the Christian church has done is said, how did they worship their gods? We will do like that. We will have a winter feast for the sun god that they used to worship. We'll call it something else. Then we'll have some other festival to recognize all the saints in the day that they used to worship their dead, Samhain. We'll make a little All Saints Day, something like that. And then day after day, time after time, the mother and the child, the queen of heaven, they worship the queen of heaven, saying it was Christian to do these things. And God says, no, don't do it. Don't be like the heathens. Don't borrow their things. Destroy every last reminder of their false gods, he says. This is what God requires. He says, verse 4, Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God. Don't take the manner of the heathens toward their gods and adopt it toward the true God. So there's the first commandment. You shall not have any other gods. That's the object of our worship, God alone. Then there's the second commandment. You shall not worship by graven images, but also by any other way that God has not appointed within his word. Verse 5, God says, Unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. God's going to reveal his name. He's going to give us means of worship. He's going to show us the way in which we ought to please and glorify him. And he says, that's precisely what you should do. Not what you think, not what tradition says, not how you feel or what's right in your own eyes, as he mentions here, but rather where God says, how God says, in the very ways that God designs himself, not how man designs. He says, when you go to that place, notice the spirit with which we ought to go. Verse 7. Ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto, ye and your households. Notice, when we receive blessings from God, when we go into the house of God, 
Should we come sad? Well, sometimes if we're repenting over a sin or we've had a difficult week or we're in troubles or sorrows. But God says to rejoice. He gives blessings in his house. And when you come, he says, bring your family with you. God gives us to understand that it is a household religion, family religion, a joyful religion, a religion of giving thanks to God. And this is in the Old Testament. In the day when they had shadows and types of Jesus Christ, what of us? We have the substance, Christ himself. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now they, at that time, he reminds them again in verse 8, the reason they didn't have the joy of the Lord is that every man did whatsoever is right in his own eyes. What is my judgment about worship? How do I think God should be pleased? What sincere actions can I do to please God? Well, God says that doesn't matter. I don't want your sincerity. I don't want your judgments. I want my judgments to be your standard for worship. Come to the place I design. Use the means that I designate. And then in verses 15 through 27, he gives them the laws of food, of blood, of tithes, of vows, and offerings, all as they relate to the second commandment. No graven images destroy their images and their altars, but on the positive side, worship me in this manner. Not that manner, but this manner, God says. And so here, verse 15, you may kill and eat flesh in your gates, he says. This is in our common life, not when we go to the worship of God where things are regulated only according to his will. Here God says, while you're at home in your own location, you may eat whatever you want. There's only one restriction he gave them, don't eat the blood, that's it. Otherwise, you can have even a roebuck, even a deer, which you could not offer in sacrifice to God. But if you're at home and you're hungry and you desire a deer, go ahead and kill it. Just pour out the blood. Don't eat the blood, which is the life of the animal. You can eat your flocks and your herds at home, but if it's tithes, don't eat it at home, he says. Take it to my place. So God shows them there's a difference between your common life and the worship of God. You're free in your common life to eat whatever you please. Make sure you don't eat the blood. But when you come and devote something as holy to the Lord, don't you dare eat that at home, he says. Whether it's your corn, whether it's your wine, whether it's your animals, it doesn't matter. If it's dedicated and holy to God, you take it to the place that I said, and there you eat. So God gives freedom with form. God does not regulate every little choice we make. He gives us freedom, but he also gives us a form of life. Here are my commandments. Walk in my commandments and otherwise do as you please. As long as you're not displeasing me, do as you will. But when you come into my house, he says, I have very specific requirements. Only as I have said, may you come to worship. Okay, then here in verses 28 through 32... He says that they are to worship God only as God sees good and not to add to nor diminish from it. He says, verse 28, Observe and hear all these words which I command thee that it may go well with thee. Notice, if we pay close attention to what God says, he will take care of us. Remember, Jesus said this too. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, what will we eat? 
What will we drink? What will we be clothed with? How am I going to provide for my needs? Jesus says, don't worry about it. Don't be of an anxious mind. Don't you see the sparrows? Don't you see the lilies? You see that God takes care of them and clothes them. Why are you worried? And so seek first, God says, my kingdom. Seek first my righteousness. Observe, carefully give attention to what I say, and it will go well with you. I'll take care of the rest. When thou doest, he says, that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. Not in what's right in your eyes. Not in what you think is best. Not in what you judge appropriate, he says. No, when you come into my house, you come on my terms. I am a great king, he says. And when you go into the presence of a great king, do you speak to him as your equal? Do you follow your own ways? No. When you go to see a king or even a president, they have a protocol. Here's how you approach me. Here are the steps that you take. When we sit down to eat, here's what you do. And God, the great king of all the earth, says, you don't come into my presence and do what's right in your eyes. You do what is right, he says, in my eyes. Whatever he commands us to do, we're to do it. He does also, he says, you do not inquire after their gods, verse 30, saying, how did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Oh God, I know you're a great king, but look, the Zidonians have a king. They, they worship their God. These people over here have Chemosh. These have Baal. These have Ashtaroth. And there are means by which they worship and honor their gods. In fact, they are so devoted to their gods, so sincerely in love with their gods, that they'll take their children and sacrifice them to their gods. Isn't that zealous? Isn't that sincere? God says, no, I hate that. Don't come to me and ask yourself, how do they worship their gods? No, he says. Don't you dare ask, I'll do like what they do. He says, not at all. He says there, verse 32, what things soever I command you, observe to do it, that thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Now that word diminish is very interesting. It means you clip something off, take away your hair. For example, you get a haircut, it diminishes your hair. You can't add to his statutes for worship. You can't take away parts, and this is what we tend to do. Well, God, you didn't really think about all the things that would honor you in worship. Let's add something to it. You forgot, Lord, that there was this important day in the year that we need to observe, this important action that you've said, or to say, yeah, I know you've listed these things out, God, and in your word it tells us what we're supposed to do, but this one right here, people don't like that one. Let's drop that off. Let's clip it off of the program, Lord. Let's not do everything that you have said and God says no. Whatsoever things I command you, that's a categorical statement. Every single thing that I've commanded you, do it. Then if you look at my list and you think it's too short, you want to add something, don't do that. And if you look at my list and say, well, that's too long and we want to take some off, he says, don't do that. What's the point? Only what God has said and all of what God has said. And that is how he expects and requires of us to worship him. 
and thus far the explanation of Deuteronomy chapter 12.